On today's show, I said goodbye to Sam yesterday and then I dragged him straight back in because he said he's been looking at the Bucks' overall outlook. This is always a fascinating conversation to have with the Bucks still trying to contend, but uh, in an interesting spot as a franchise. So we'll look at the Bucks overall and then we're going to lean into the Damian Lillard storyline. Could the Bucks get in the sweepstakes? And what is the NBA going to do? Are they going to block a trade to Miami? Uh, let's talk about it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. See and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. And now, for the third time this week, we're very <laughs> fortunate and uh, I am taking far too much time off this man from The Athletic and the host of the Game Theory podcast, uh, Sam Vecini. And as always, along with Sam's company, we appreciate the company of the listeners, whether you're watching or listening on any platform. We appreciate the support right through the off-season Monday to Friday, particularly to those listening every day. Uh, if you haven't yet, uh, drop a like, subscribe, comment, rate, review on whatever platform you get locked on Bucks. We appreciate it, and it helps continuing uh, to grow the show uh, right through the off-season, which can be hard to do, but you guys are locked into the Bucks. Uh, Sam, you're locked into this podcast this week as well. Uh, three times, are you feeling okay? What, what what are you doing? Why are you offering your, your services like this? Well, I feel like the thing that we haven't talked about on the show yet is the ashes. And I feel like we've not <laughs> talked enough sufficiently about cricket here in Australia and over in England, obviously. And big, big setup tonight on, we recorded this, you know, third one on Monday. And, you know, Australia's chasing like 250. Let's go. We're, we're ready yeah, that's, to go. We're still optimistic right now. And by the time people listen to this podcast, they'll know whether we're absolute <laughs> fools. And then there'll also be people that are just not 100% sure what cricket actually is. So anyway, <laughs> if you want to learn about cricket, be like Sam, pack your stuff, come over to Melbourne. That's it. And yeah. it's a great place to live. You can go well, up beers with me and Sam. That's it. And I've got to be honest with you. And this is, this is sacrilegious, I'm sure, to a Melburnian. Uh, I have I have a real respect for Stuart Broad. I, I love that dude. <laughs> he's he's like the ultimate person that I have grown to love. Like, if any NBA fan has a player on an opposing team, like if you're a Bucks fan that just has this begrudging respect for Jimmy Butler, mm. uh, that's what this is with Stuart Broad and the Australians. I I love him. I, I absolutely love watching him. He's the best. And he also does wear the headbands, which is kind oh, of in the, the style, which is in the style oh. of the band. You know, we're going to get emotional now talking about uh, wanting to, to have that back in the NBA. I still oh, don't I get it. it. I don't get it either. It's silly. It's stupid. Bring back the ninja headband, guys. Come on. We got to get serious with it. One thing I did get this offseason was the Bucks approach. Now, I think you know, entering into this offseason... If you looked at it and you say, I don't know what the Bucks are going to do moving forward, but there was a couple of priorities. One was signing uh, 
Brooke Lopez. The other was signing Chris Milton and saying, okay, this team's really good. Uh, yeah. Certainly for financial flexibility, moving forward, if you didn't sign those guys, you were going to find yourself in some serious trouble. So take it anywhere you want, Sam, but I know you've got some general thoughts on the overall Bucks and, and where they're at. I mentioned uh, on the podcast a couple of days ago, FanDuel has the Bucks as the third favorite for the NBA title. And my general feel, and it might just be because the Bucks have been kind of, uh, they've had the continuity over the last few years, obviously yeah. a really tough exit in the first round, but it doesn't feel to me that the Bucks fans' optimism scale is uh, reaching new heights at this point in time. They're kind of a boring team to talk about is why, <laughs> right? In the off season, you know, we always talk about what is new and what is novel. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. idea of, oh, the Rockets are going to look brand new this year. Like, let's talk about them a lot, right? The Bucks are going to look the exact same almost this year. And I think that's fine. Like it's what they yep. needed to do. It's they had to run it back around Giannis and they were able to accomplish that. No, oh, by the way, it seems like they staved off a real challenge from the Houston Rockets in acquiring or potentially acquiring Brooke Lopez. The fact they brought Brooke back is absolutely enormous to their future ceiling and their potential NBA championship hopes. Bring back Robin, obviously, or bring Robin in to play with Brooke. It's it's huge. The fact that they are now in a circumstance where they have Giannis, Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, Marjan Beauchamp, and you know Andre Jackson in theory, and uh, AJ Green in theory, all signed through next season is really important. And then they have Drew Holiday as well, who has a player option for next season and. I don't know. Like, you know, there, what do you think Drew does with that player option? I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think there's a chance he just picks it up. It's going to be fascinating. I do think the Bucks in general, you talk about that two year window, and we discussed this kind of a little bit on the podcast late last week, or certainly I did in a solo pod. Just that it, I, I think the, the structure of these contracts with Lopez and really Chris Milton being on the shorter end of the scale. I think it does make sense. And I think that benefits the Bucks. And sure, you might think, okay, what's going to happen in two years' time? But for right now, a team that's trying to win a title this year, uh, the, the shorter length of those contracts, I think, bodes well for the, the flexibility moving forward. And ultimately, the biggest task for this team and the front office, which is ensuring that the big fella from Greece is happy. Yeah, I mean, if you lose Brooke Lopez this year, your team gets worse. Yep. And I think it puts you at risk of losing Giannis. Mm-hmm. I, now that they have Brooke Lopez back and they have retained a lot of talent, they lose Javon Carter, who's you know obviously valuable. I, I don't want to diminish what Javon did last year, but you have Marjon Beauchamp, you bring in Malik Beasley, you bring in Robin Lopez. You should be okay at this point. Like on some level, I think that there is enough talent here to be able to at least stay the course and continue to win 50 to 60 games per year, depending on the injury bug, right? And how many games Chris plays, how many games Drew plays, how many games Brooke plays, and just continue along the status quo. And hopefully when playoff time rolls around, the Bucks are successful. They make the finals or win a title and convince Giannis to sign an extension, right? That's ultimately what the key is. So I mentioned the fact that the Bucks, if they're... 
you know, the third favorite or one of the favorites in the Eastern Conference. I think we've looked at the West. It's been wild. It's stacked. I think if you're a Bucks fan, you're also keeping an eye on what the other teams are doing. Uh, Miami, yeah. which we're going to discuss a little bit more on this podcast for sure. But what did you think of Boston and the offseason they had and kind of changing path a little bit with some of the guys that have been uh, staples of this Celtics team knocking on the door of a title? I kind of wonder if the Boston decision was more about putting the organization in the hands of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown mm-hmm. as opposed to some of the other guys. Like for, like Marcus Smart was the heartbeat of that team. He was incredibly important to them and everything they did, right? But Marcus Smart also was a big-time leader there, and Marcus Smart, I think, had a tendency to take on some of the shots that maybe you'd like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to take at times. And that's because he felt he needed to do that as the leader of the team. I think that there's a real case that putting the organization in the hands of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum will have real trickle down effects in terms of some of their end of game execution, maybe in terms of finding answers, you know, in the, situations that they didn't have them uh throughout the course of the season last year so i think there's a chance it works but they did fundamentally alter their team by acquiring Kristaps and moving out marcus smart because you get a little bit less flexible defensively maybe is a way to put it uh they become better offensively i think Kristaps, what he did last year offensively went so far under the radar that guy was an absolute stud on offense last year I think he shot like 39% from three on 29 foot threes or farther. Uh, It was absurd. The amount of spacing that he gave and that spacing replacing Marcus smart with that in many lineups is huge. Like I think that their offense is going to be even better this year than what it was last year. Defensively. We'll see what it looks like in the playoffs. I think in the regular season, they're going to have an immense amount of rim protection between the three bigs they have and Al Horford, Kristaps and uh, Rob Williams, but can they bring the flexibility out when the time comes? And I, I think that remains to be seen in Philly. I mean, God knows what Philly's going to look like at <laughs> the end right. of the day. Like, and honestly, like I, we don't know what Milwaukee or what Miami is going to look like and if yep. they're going to end up with Damian Lillard. So the, the team that we know what they're going to look like is Boston. And I think the jury's out in terms of what that looks like maybe is the way to put it. So nothing gets the fans more excited than big-time trades, though. And it's been interesting because the Bucks have been reported to be in the mix in certain situations, and it certainly gives the idea uh, that they, they're they always exploring their options. Yeah. So I want to ask you about the idea, and you mentioned Miami and Damian Lillard, obviously a big part of that conversation, about the Bucks in the future, in the near future perhaps, doing something drastic. I think it's an interesting conversation, but we'll talk about our friends at Ibotta first. Uh, I'm coming back to the U.S. in a couple of weeks, so actually just about a week, and that means warm weather again. So I'm always trying to figure out what clothes do I need, and I don't really love shopping, but Ibotta can help you because at least you're getting a bonus back of cash because it is uh, summer over there in the U.S., and new season means new clothes. But your closet shouldn't be the only thing growing when you make those purchases. Now you can also watch your cash back grow with each purchase with Ibotta. I like apps give you points. They don't amount to much, but with Ibotta, you get real cash back and you can cash out to your bank account straight away, PayPal or gift cards as well. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, 
and more. So right now, iBotter is offering listeners five bucks just for trying the app and using the code LOCKED when you register. Go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free iBotter app and use the code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use the code LOCKED. We've had a lot of discussions on this show, Sam, about certain players that the Bucks have been reported to be in the mix for trades. And I would say among all of those players, not so much reporting, uh, but just a fan favorite for the trade machine. And can you get a superstar? I think the Bucks have been in this mix of having this core four players that, by the way, won them a title, is pretty damn good and is almost going to guarantee <laughs> you're going to be a top seed in the East, if healthy, with Lopez, Holiday, and Middleton around Giannis. But there is always the temptation in the modern NBA to have a superstar and the idea of Giannis and Lillard together, it sounds beautiful, and it would be. But have you seen, uh, as you're on the phones and you're listening to what the Bucs are doing, uh, how serious have you taken all these reports that the Bucs are exploring basically every avenue uh, to try and improve the team? I think I take it seriously that they're exploring every avenue to try and improve the team. I... I'm always, it always feels like when I talk to people around the league that like teams are trying to figure out, Oh, like, you know, if it's not Miami, then who is it for Damian Lillard? Right. Or there's a general sentiment sometimes around the league where like people don't want uh, him to go to Miami. Right. Uh, And they'll bring up teams and people will bring up Milwaukee and they'll bring up like, Oh yeah. Like you could do drew and like some of their assets, you know, and maybe, Portland could move Drew to a third team and pick up assets that way. And, you know, maybe that's a way to go about it. Like you could do, uh, maybe Drew is so good that you could do Drew for three first round picks somewhere else. Or, you know, just trying to come up with like different avenues. Like I was trying to come up with one earlier today where it was like, okay, maybe you do Damian Lillard to Milwaukee where you send Drew Holiday to golden state where golden state then gets like their high level defender that they don't totally have with clay thompson anymore and then you do like you know chris paul's contract jonathan kaminga moses moody you know etc etc to portland right Mm -hmm. uh try just trying to find different constructions that are weird and like work right i just don't know that i'm like convinced that drew has that kind of value league wide just because drew is on an expiring contract at the end of the day and drew's expiring contract is pretty real and he's in line i think to make 39 million dollars on a player option in 2024 25 it's not you know probably not what he's worth at the end of the day like he could probably go out and get a two-year contract in the ballpark of what fred van vliet just got at the very least right Mm -hmm. so you know it just comes down to you know what does drew holiday want at that point and i don't think drew holiday is going to want to like go start a new somewhere else right so you're probably then talking about like a one-year situation unless you're a golden state kind of team right but to me like i just i i don't really buy that milwaukee would be in the lillard sweepstakes totally do you like that just doesn't sound right to me i guess not really i've always had this this weird balance of trying to figure out uh you know has Giannis's mindset changed over the years as well and i I think it is interesting and 
it feels weird to say it, but he is in over the next two years going to turn 30 years old, which feels yeah. bizarre. He still feels like a 26 year old, but as he gets older, he's always struck me as the guy. And we've said this and we might be proven wrong that if there was going to be a Giannis playing with someone, it feels like a superstar would come to Milwaukee, but who would that superstar be? It hasn't been in free agency because the Bucks haven't been in a position to really launch at a target like that. Would mm-hmm. a free agent come to Milwaukee? I'm not so sure. So it does feel like it's been uh, via trade, but Giannis is also fiercely loyal. And he won a title with those guys. And I would believe that he thinks that they can win a title again this year. And if things shape well and they stay healthy, I think they can as well. So that's always the other part of this. He has to be on board with a major trade like that. And I think that's a fascinating conversation. Yeah. I mean, I just don't like, I don't know what to think of where Giannis's headspace would be on that, I guess. Like if you're trading Drew for Damian Lillard, is that something that they want to do? I, I frankly like don't have the answer to that. Um, I, I think it would be a strange. I, I think it's a decision that makes sense first and foremost. I guess I would yeah. say and like, it would be fun. Let's say that, Sam. <laughs> it'd be incredibly fun. It's just, again like it would require a team to think that Drew Holiday can be a long-term answer at point guard, mm-hmm. and I just don't know that that team will exist given that he effectively only has one year left on his contract. So is there a team that's going to give up substantial assets, like in a three team construction, because they think drew holiday will push them over the top. Drew's a phenomenal player. I think there are probably situations where drew would push you over the top. I think I just mentioned one in golden state. Like that's an interesting one to me. Um, that's and he did it in Milwaukee, one. but it was two years ago, but he did it in Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> totally like that that's the most interesting one i could come up with was like uh, i think it makes sense if you try and do that if you're golden state given the age of your core given everything that you have around them um but i, I just don't i i don't buy it uh, it, it's, it feels like one of those like pie in the sky situations where you try and come up with something that's cool and new and fun and I just don't I, – I don't know that I buy it with Milwaukee right now and Damian Lillard. So I am someone that uh, I will never push back on the conversation from the fans and the hopes and the dreams and the trade machines. Get into it because it is a fun Love idea it. and I am all on board for it. But I do – and I have thought as we've discussed it over the last month. It seems uh, not high on the likelihood scale. But I also think if you're a Bucks fan, clearly – it's always the case where in an ideal world, you don't want superstars from the West coming to the East. So over the last few days, we've seen the reporting that the NBA is sending memos out and they're trying to push back now on players saying, hey, I, w- I want to be traded. But by the way, only send me to one city. Uh, how have you yeah. viewed the Lillard, the Miami, now the NBA getting involved situation? Because it is fascinating. And I think over the last two years, including... Uh, a countryman of mine, uh, Ben Simmons, with the situation and how that played out. It's become uh, fascinating to watch how these situations play out and the idea of holdouts, which is not completely foreign, but it's certainly becoming more common, the threat of that. So I don't think Damian Lillard would not play for whoever acquires him. I've always kind of felt like that was an empty threat. Mm-hmm. To me, it's more, is he going to be happy there? Like, is he going to be pumped about being there? Like, is he going to throw his all into the team? Again, knowing Damian Lillard, I would venture that he probably would, uh, just given who he seems to be as a person. It's just, if you're a team that is giving up 
those kind of assets for him where like the offer that you have to beat basically in my opinion is three firsts Jaime Jaquez and whatever Miami could get for Tyler hero. Right. I, I don't know what they would be able to get. I think they'd at least get one first, let's say. So you have to beat four firsts, two pick swaps and Jaime Jaquez. That's, you know, it doesn't strike you. It's more of a quantity over a quality deal. Right. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't seem like completely unreasonable. It's on the low end of what I would hope for in a Damian Lillard trade. Damian Lillard was unbelievable last year, but like we're edging toward the idea of where that could be like an okay valuation for him. I feel like, and if you're an opposing team, that's the deal you have to top. I feel like it's in the range of outcomes that I've always felt like, even if Aaron Goodwin, like didn't say anything publicly and like, it wasn't clear that Dame wants to go to Miami. I've always kind of felt like it's within the range of outcomes that Miami would give the best offer for Dame as it is. Like, do you, do you think that Milwaukee would be able to top that offer? I guess. It's been challenging for the Bucks over the last few years because they poured, and, and this is where the trade market has become so distorted because of some of the trades and the and the draft picks that have been thrown in there. Because the Bucks, they gave all their draft capital up in a trade right. for Drew Holiday. Now they did go on and immediately win a title, so you'll never have any question marks about that. That they absolutely got the job done. But I, I don't. That's been the biggest challenge. What do the Bucks have? A twenty twenty nine first round pick and. What's the value of Marjan Bochamp? And then, yeah, you for the for the money, you throw in a Drew Holiday, an all-star player last year. But in terms of the pure draft capital, if that's what Portland are after as a young team looking to kind of reset, I don't see how the Bucks get there. So, like, let, let's say that you could do – I'm, like, trying to – you know, just using the Golden State example because I think that's the easiest, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so three teams, like, for sure. The, the salary, like you can make the salaries work on like a three-team deal, right? Yeah. So essentially, Portland would be getting Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, Marjan Beauchamp, two firsts from Golden State, one first from the Bucks, right? And then like if you want to throw a couple pick swaps in there. Is that a better deal than all of these picks? Let's say three picks – Jaime Jaquez, two pick swaps. You want to throw in Nikola Jovic, be my guest. And then whatever they get for Tyler Hero, if they would go down this road. Given the, given the, like the capital, like the asset capital of having to pay Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody after next season, potentially, I don't know that it is. Like, I, I'm not sure that's a better offer, frankly. Well, the other challenge is for all those teams that you mentioned, whether it's Miami, Milwaukee, or Golden State, if they're trading, and even Golden State with the players, I mean, Steph Curry doesn't look like he's slowing down to me. Like, this looks like this Warriors team's going to be competitive for a number of years. Miami, you're assuming, would be good, particularly if they have Lillard. Same with Milwaukee, if they were able to acquire them. So the value of the, the draft picks probably, they're not going to be top 10 picks unless something goes drastically wrong. Uh, So I would agree with you. I think Miami does, if that's the market and no one else can top that and it's only these contending teams and it's not one of the the rebuilding teams that wants to get in the market and get involved, then I think you're right. I think Miami probably beats them, which is why the conversation from a Milwaukee point of view 
in my mind, I don't think would gather that much steam. Yeah. It's, fun, it's fun to speculate. I like your yeah. idea with the Golden State Warriors. That's going deeper than I even allowed myself to, so I appreciate that. I, I tried to get creative to come yeah. on the show. Like yeah. I, I tried to I tried to at least come up with like a solution that you know you at least have to take five seconds to think about, right? Like is there a world where that's a better offer than Miami than what Miami can bring? I, I've been struggling to find like who the better offer is, basically, than what Miami is gonna get, right? That that's what I've been trying to do over the last couple of weeks. And I think there are a couple teams like New Orleans really wanted to get involved. New Orleans could top the offer mm-hmm. for sure. Plenty uh, if Toronto players. wanted to, I think Toronto could probably top the offer. But it if they don't, if those teams don't, I don't think Oklahoma City wants to. I don't think Utah wants to speed up their rebuild. Like, it's hard for me to come up with the team that tops the offer. To me, it's like very much within the range of outcomes that Miami's best offer is the best offer for Damian Lillard even if we separate out like all of the madness around Aaron Goodwin, you know, threatening this and threatening that. And Oh, by the way, like, let's just say in the uh, NBA's statement, we interviewed Goodwin and Lillard and also spoke with several NBA teams to whom Goodwin spoke. Goodwin denied stating or indicating to any team that Lillard would refuse to play for them. Goodwin and Lillard affirmed to us that Lillard would fully perform the services called for under his player contract in any trade scenario. The relevant teams provided descriptions of their communications with Goodwin that were mostly, though not entirely, consistent with Goodwin's statements to us. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that it's given that statement a bit reasonable to speculate on what exactly Aaron Goodwin was saying to teams. And uh, it's it's intriguing at the very least. But even if you remove that, I think it's within the range of outcomes potentially that Miami would present the best offer here just because they are the most incentivized to present the best offer. All right, let me finish this with one question that I was asked the other day uh, over yeah. here doing doing some stuff with, with SportsCenter. So it was a burning question. And the question was, do you think that both James Harden and Damian Lillard will be traded before opening night. Now, well, actually, I won't tell you what I said. Let me let me just ask you that question. Do you think both of those uh, players, Harden and Lillard, are traded before opening night? Which, by the way, feels like it's sneaking up on us pretty quickly. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> no. I think, they, I think at least one of them starts the season on their incumbent team. That's what I said. I said at least one. I said right. I could see one trade going through, but it just seems so complicated right now that the idea that they're both going to get done before the season, it probably yeah. benefits the teams to... We'll see how long they want to hold out, but it benefits probably Philly, maybe more so, who's like, well, I don't know what the market is for Harden. We're better off with him on the roster. Right. Yeah, the, the, I can't... That's one where I really can't find a deal. Yeah. Like, I, I he has one year left on his deal they need to acquire a star in return in order to like keep Joel and bead happy in theory. Uh, not to say I have inside information there, but like yeah. one would presume that Joel would be quite disappointed if James Harden departed and he was not with another star in Philly. So that's where I'm, that's exactly where I'm struggling right now is trying to find the actual deal that makes sense for Philly for Harden. Because the Clippers deal, even if you include Terrence Mann, which it feels like the Clippers are trying to get away with not including, 
I still don't think that gets it done for Philly. So, yeah, I, I have yet to find the solution uh, for Philly that doesn't involve them trying to go into the season with James Harden. All right. This is the call out for the listeners now. This is uh, this is what you love to do. You can get on the trade <laughs> machine. You can tell us if you like Sam's idea of a three-team trade, including the Golden State Warriors. Drew Holiday ending up there. And uh, the Bucks getting Damian Lillard, which I think would excite a lot of Bucks fans. But let us know if you've got a deal that can trump that and how you think this could go down. Still, don't think it's likely, but it's fun to talk about. Uh, Sam, we did say originally we were going to do one podcast around 20 minutes. Uh, then two by 20, and then we've gradually just extended the time every single show, which is a surprise to not me or you. Uh, But check out Sam's work at The Athletic and the Game Theory Podcast. Uh, Mate, thank you. This has been uh, a delight, as always. Of course, man. Anytime. All right. As I said, check out Sam's work over at The Athletic. Draft content for next year already coming out soon. Uh, We'll have shows uh, right through the back end of this week and into next week. Greek national team, we've got to start talking about it. The FIBA World Cup ain't too far away, and we're all going to find out who's chasing Australia for the goal. We'll speak to you guys tomorrow.